Church Project. I'm glad that we could all gather together this morning. And wherever you're joining us from, your bed, the couch, a kayak on the river, I have no idea. It's not ideal, but it's what we can do. And I'm glad that we're gathering together this morning. Laura, thank you so much for that Imago. One of the things I enjoy the most about Imagos is that I see items differently now. I remember one of our first Imagos was a coffee cup. And so now when I see coffee cups, I just, I think differently. And so thank you, Laura, for pointing out how you've seen Jesus this week. And I'd encourage anyone that's listening that, hey, let us know if, if you have an imago that you would like to share. Where have you seen Jesus in ordinary items? So just let us know if you have an imago. I want to uh, just right now start out our time by a declaration. I would ask you to stand and declare this over our time together, but let's be real. Nobody wants to stand. All right, let's just declare this together over our time. And it's based out of Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 through 11. Just read this out loud with me. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord, my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Let's pray. God, thank you for letting your church come together. Thank you for bringing us together. And I pray that our hearts are soft, our minds are sharp, and we would just receive what you want to show us today. Thank you for being our Lord. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I pray this morning, we feel you move and we learn more about who we are and who you are in this world. Thank you for our time together. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, this morning, I get the great opportunity to just continue the book of Proverbs. If you've been with Church Project for a little while, you know that we've been partnering with Waypoints Church, and we've been each taking different topics and, and speaking, like choosing wisdom um, and, and doing the things that, that God has asked us to do and to follow wisdom and chase after wisdom in life. Last week, Ryan gave an incredible message. It's choosing uh, joy over sorrow. And what what an impactful message at the time that we're all going through right now. So Ryan, thank you for that message. And one of the things that I really have appreciated about this, this little series that we're in talking through Proverbs is we wrote these topics months ago while we could still gather as a church in one building less than six feet apart. <laughs> we wrote these topics and it's neat to see how now we're in our, our different places that these topics are very relevant for the things that we're going through and what we're experiencing. So Ryan's topic last week was just spot on. And this week I get the opportunity to speak and I'm talking over success over failure. Success over failure. And I'm excited to just show what, what I feel like God has worked in all of us this week to show us some incredible things. I want to remind us, though, this morning is a, is a very special morning. If you've grown up in church, this might be that morning when you were a little kid. We're in the back of the church. You would come in waving palm branches like this is Palm Sunday. 
And this kind of leads us and ushers us into the Holy Week and leads us into Easter. And so remember that this morning, that this is the week that all of Christianity, like Jesus, came for. And so let's celebrate that and let's remember that as we go through that this week. Jesus is Lord. He's triumphantly coming into Jerusalem and he's declaring his goodness. And in our lives, where we're at, may we declare that, that Jesus is Lord. He's triumphantly coming in and he's declaring his goodness and his holiness to the nations. So as we get into this topic, success over failure, I I want to say this, like semantics are super important. A wise sage once said, we can't think beyond our vocabulary. Our definitions and our words drive our thoughts, our actions, and our decisions. So what is your definition of success. And what is your definition of failure? In my lifetime, the world has never experienced such unity and such rallying around a common enemy than right now. The enemy of COVID-19 has all of humanity warring Together, we are all fighting the same threat and, and we're all experiencing this together. No matter where you're at in the world, this is a unifying time. And I would say this, more than any time, I think we would all agree that success and failure can only be determined by our definitions and by our semantics and what we think of success and failure. What is important to us? What is important to you? What is worth our one and only life? And I would say this, maybe your definition of success and failure has shifted in the past couple weeks. If you're, if you're anything like me, it probably has shifted in the past couple weeks. Like one day you woke up and you thought, man, I love what I'm doing. I'm really successful at this. This is worth my one and only life. And by that evening, the government had said, your job is not essential. That might rock your world of definition of success. Or maybe you woke up and you had a prolific investment portfolio. Your future looked bright until March 9th, Black Monday, when the market just crashed Reminds us and takes us back to 2008. And if your success was found in that magnificent portfolio, it might rock your definition of what success is. Or even others like chiseled rock, hard specimens of physical perfection. And your body is just in shape. Then you couldn't go to the gym anymore and you ate a lot of donuts. And so that definition of success failed as well. Our, our definition of success and failure is being rocked. And what we're going through with COVID is rocking our definition. I've seen your Facebook posts and your Instagram posts, and I've had conversations with many people that are being squeezed into deep introspection. And I'm with you. Like I'm being squeezed into deep introspection as well, evaluating life and evaluating meaning and evaluating what will change in us and what will change in the world at large that we know. And here's the reality. We can't hide behind our busyness anymore. We used to. We used to be able to just go about life and be super busy and not really have to think about the things that Home arrest has caused us to have to think through. 
We've been forced into self-evaluation. And when faced with true self, with our true self, what comes out? When we have to dig that deep and think that deep, what comes out? Maybe it's past pains or current struggles, insecurities or hurts. Maybe it's dreams and hopes. Who knows what's going to come out in all of us as we've had to really think about our life and slow down. I would say all of this, whatever we're processing, makes up our identities. I think of Jesus. I think of Jesus when he first began his ministry and and he grew up and he was about to go on three years of just taking this good news message to the world at large and hitting the, the deserts and hitting the sands with this good news message. And you see the very first thing that happens is Jesus is led into the wilderness And for 40 days, he's tempted. We don't know if that's every day or just at the end or the beginning, but we know he's tempted and Satan tempts him. And he was being attacked by his identity. Satan was attacking his identity. And scripture says, as as Satan was talking to him, said, if you're really the son of God, if you're really the son of God, jump off this cliff. Angels will save you. Turn these rocks into bread. You'll be able to eat. And Satan attacks his identity. See, the truth is this, Satan attacks our identity and Satan's attack is against our identity right now. Right off the bat, I want to make make it clear that the word failure should not ever be attached to our identity. To a task, sure, maybe we failed to accomplish a task or the task um, was a failed attempt but not our identity, not the person. See, the Bible is full of humans, just like me, who tried and failed miserably. Don't worry, we're all in good company here. Elijah, in one of the craziest parts of the Bible, you see he he calls upon God to like burn up an idol. And the other other gods just couldn't do it. And he was making fun of the other gods. But God, Jehovah, burns down this this idol and licks up all the water. And you see this magnificent thing happen. But immediately, if you follow that story, King Ahab and Jezebel make fun of him and yell at him. And and Elijah just runs off into the desert, sucking his thumb. And he's scared. I'm like, would you call that success? Like, you just saw this amazing thing. We also see the story of Peter who denied even knowing Jesus. Would you call that success? We see David stealing Bathsheba and then killing Uriah, her husband. Would you call that success? Or Jonah running away from God and and ended up in a belly of a well and getting spit out where he was supposed to go. Like, would you call that success? Satan wants your identity attacked and attached to that failed task. So if you say my identity is who I am because I failed that thing and you label yourself a failure, that's exactly where Satan wants you. Listen to me of what what scripture says about our eternal perspective on success because Satan wants to attack our identity and attach it to that failed task. Proverbs 16, 1, 3 says this to humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. All a person's ways seems pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. So if we look at those three verses in Proverbs, success is committing your ways to the Lord. 
Success is committing your ways to the Lord. And as we navigate our emotions and circumstances, Satan wants to attack your identity. He wants to attack my identity. But our job as Christians, as Christ followers, is to commit our ways to the Lord. God's job is to produce the fruit. Let's go on to Romans 8, verses 5 through 9. And this is what it says. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you are the realm in the realm of the spirit. Amen. Like God is speaking to our identity as, as sons and daughters that are being moved and governed by his spirit. Biblical success is being led by the spirit. Taking our orders or assignments from God. Going to the places and spaces that God has placed us and finding our purpose and identity in him. And if our identity is found in him and our ways are committed to him, then we are successful in anything and everything that we do. So yes, even in that failed task, we are still successful. How God uses our efforts and our attempts is completely up to him. You took what the enemy meant for evil and turned it for good. Sound familiar? Lyrics of one of my favorite songs. And it, it kind of references Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And it's a story of Joseph. And if you know that story, his brother sold him into slavery. And, and then he went through a whole lot of pain and then rose to leadership in the, in the whole country. And his brothers didn't recognize him. And came later, was begging for food. And they finally recognized him, thinking he's going to kill us. And, and he says this in Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done the saving of many lives. Proverbs 18, 14 says the human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? Have you ever seen a dog that has been abused or has a crushed spirit? That is exactly what Satan wants to do with you and me. He wants to falsify our identity and crush our spirit. He wants to say to us to think that we have failed. But really, our job is to commit our ways to the Lord and leave the fruit of that up to God. And when we do that, we are successful. To the Israelites, God spoke this, and I, I just kind of want us to read through this and think through this as we begin to end our time here this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 20. And God is speaking through Moses and he's reminding the Israelites, be careful that you do not forget the Lord, your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and you are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud 
and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land. Does that sound a little bit like what we're going through now? With its venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought you out of water and out of the hard rock. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gave you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. If you ever forget in verse 19, listen to this. Verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord, your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them. I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord, your God. Our success is in remembering the Lord and never forgetting. Beyond that, our vocations, our occupations are just custom designed tools that God has placed in our hand to remember the Lord and to show the world. So teachers, when you got to teach online, when you have to teach online, remember and show. Remember the Lord and show the Lord to your students. And when that goes well, thank God that it went well. But if it didn't go well, you still did what you were supposed to do. You were still successful. You remembered the Lord and you showed the Lord. So parents, when your kids are driving you crazy, remember and show. When today throws us a curveball wherever we're at, because we've all been throwing curveballs the last few weeks, our job is to remember and to show. So if we have jobs, if we're fired from jobs, if we're uber successful, if we're failing, whatever it may be, that's not our identity. Our identity is found in God, led by the Holy Spirit. And our job is to remember what the Lord has done to show the world who he is. I want to end with this prayer. It's Psalms 31 verses one through six. I will bless the Lord at all times. Church, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And all of God's people said, amen. As we go through this time of just the unknown And as fears come up in us and insecurities and successes and failures, may our semantics change. May our definition of success and failure completely change. May we remember what God has done and who we are 
And may we march forward remember, remembering who God is and showing the world who he is. Would you pray with me today? God, thank you for today. And I pray for anyone listening right now that if Satan's coming in and trying to rip off their identity and give them false aliases, that God, we would see him as the juvenile he is. And we would see those as juvenile attempts. And God, we would declare that Satan, you get behind me because God is before me. That God is the way. That our successes and failures are simply found in who God is and what he's already done. And so Satan, bye-bye, no more, not in our life, not in our hearts and not in our mind. And I pray for your people, your church, that as we're worshiping together right now, that your spirit would continue to move in us. How would you have me live my life today, God? Is this the way you want me to spend my day? God, where should I burn my calories today? Because my success is found in remembering who you are and showing you to the world. And God, I pray that your church would be encouraged during this time. That we would come out of this, not not back to normal, God, but we would come out of this time, this COVID time of house arrest, that we would come out of this not normal. We would come back better. We would come back stronger, that your church would be stronger, God. We thank you for our time together. And all God's people said, amen. I'm going to ask Weston, if he would, to just lead us in a very special time of communion. And so if you would, just take the next few moments to go get those elements. And you got an email about that. Go get those elements and then come back together. And let's continue our worship as we do communion together. I love you, church. I can't wait to see you in person one day. But for now, let's just say amen. Amen.